My name is Rick Renner, and right now I'm in Park Pobeda, which is interpreted Victory Park in Moscow, Russia. A massive park that is just amazing. How I wish you could walk through this park and see how they have commemorated World War II and the victory that took place in World War II against the Nazis. And behind me is a massive monument dedicated to the international collective forces that fought against the Nazis. On one side, there is a French soldier, then there is a Soviet soldier, then there is an American soldier, and then there is a British soldier. All of these forces came together and cooperated together because they had a common enemy. And to defeat that common enemy, they had to work together. So they cooperated and together they planned a resistance that defeated the Nazis. You have to work with other people sometimes to get the victory in your life. That's what this monument makes me think about. In order for you to have a victory in your life, it's better if you're fighting with others than just fight by yourself. Now you can win the battle by yourself, but it will be harder. But if you have others who will come alongside of you, that you can work with, who will be your fellow comrades, you can put the enemy to flight a lot faster. And that is what I'm gonna to talk to you about today. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. I've been waiting for you, and today we're going to jump right back into our theme about how to build a wall of defense to keep the devil out of your personal affairs. It's such important teaching. And in the introduction to this program, today I was standing in Victory Park. In Russian, it's called Park Pobeda. That's Victory Park in the city of Moscow. It is a monumental massive park built in memory of World War II. And the reason they constructed it is because 29 million people died in the Soviet Union in World War II. Think about that, 29 million people. That is nearly the population of the entire state of Texas. That's massive to think that many people died in World War II in the Soviet Union. So. The Russian government decided to build this massive park in memory of those who perished and to remind people about the atrocities of war and what we have to do to make sure it is never repeated. And in Victory Park, there is this massive monument to the Allied forces, and I love it because standing side by side, huge bronze soldiers of American soldiers, British soldiers, French soldiers, and Russian soldiers standing side by side. In today's world, very often those nations are in conflict with each other, but in World War II, they stood together. And because they stood together as allied troops, one united force, they were able to drive the enemy out of vital territory. That's what happens when you have people who will stand with you. When you have allied troops, when you have friends, spiritual comrades who will stand with you, take you by the hand. They become a united force to help you stay free and to drive the enemy out of your life. And today we're gonna to look at what you can do practically by yourself or with the help of others to drive the enemy out of your life. It's going to be good. But first I want to remind you that I'm offering you my series called How to Keep the Devil Out of Your Life. 
It's a 10-part series based on these programs. It comes complete with a marvelous study guide. The study guide is just wonderful. It's filled with Greek words and definitions and all the points and principles in these programs. This is going to really strengthen your life or your study group. And along with this, <coughs> I have a book called Spiritual Weapons to Defeat the Enemy. The subhead says, Overcoming the Wiles, Devices, and Deception of the Devil. The back of the book says, there is a real devil that works nonstop to derail your destiny. But with spiritual weapons, you can counterattack and defeat any scheme the devil would try to use against you. This book is such a gem. I really want to encourage you to order it. I believe it'll make a difference in your life. But let's jump back into our scripture. And our foundational scripture for this series is 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, and today I'm speaking directly from my notes. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Peter again says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. We've seen that this word sober, the Greek word nepho, means think straight, not like a silly drunk. Don't drop your guard, make mistakes, do things you wouldn't normally do, think straight, don't think like a silly drunk. Be serious-minded. And then he follows up by saying, be vigilant. That word vigilant, the Greek word Gregorio, a word that was only used when something sinister was trying to find its way into your life. Peter would only use this word because something sinister is going to try to find its way into believer's life. And so he says, be vigilant. It means be on high alert, be on your guard. Put up a wall of defense to keep the evil on the outside. Do everything you have to do from your side to make sure he never gets inside. He's telling us to take preventative action. And then he tells us who is the sinister force. He says, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may devour. And we've seen that that word whom means the devil cannot devour everybody, and he knows that. So he's looking for the ones whom he can devour. Just like a lion, a lion never attacks the pack. The lion looks for a straggler, the one that is alone, the one that's seek, sick, the one that is weak. And likewise, the devil's looking for the straggler. He's looking for that believer that's not going to church, the believer that's not in fellowship, the believer that's weak in faith. That's the one he's seeking to devour because they're so easy to devour. And the Bible tells us to be aware of this, to be sober, and to be vigilant about it. Then in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 9, Peter follows up by saying, Whom resist steadfast in the faith? The word resist being the Greek word anthistomy, which literally means, and I'm reading from my notes, to resist. It describes someone who arranges himself against something, arranges himself against it, so this is not a haphazard resistance. This is a full arrangement. It means to strategically oppose. It can even be translated an orderly and pre-planned resistance. In other words, constructing yourself and your affairs in such a way that even if the enemy tries to assault you, it will be ineffective because you've so constructed your life, he cannot get in. And then he says, steadfast. The word steadfast is the Greek word stereos, which means to bolster or to reinforce. Every time I hear this word reinforce, I think about many years ago in Moscow when we bought our big church building. We had to reinforce the building. 
the building was a little shaky, it was a little weak, so we had to reinforce it. To reinforce it, we had to wrap all the columns in steel. We literally wrapped the walls in steel. We bolstered the building. We reinforced the building. In fact, we have reinforced the building so strong that if we wanted to, we could build additional floors. What began as a little weak is now exceedingly strong because we bolstered it, we reinforced it. That's exactly what this Greek word steadfast means. And when you put all these Greek words together, it literally could be translated like this. This is an RIV of 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 9. Whom you must strategically oppose, resisting his potential assaults by putting up a pre-planned resistance. You must do all you can to bolster and reinforce yourself in faith. So it's our responsibility to bolster ourselves, to reinforce ourselves, to put up a pre-planned resistance so even if the devil tries to attack, he can't get through. And we began looking at seven things to do to reinforce ourselves, to put up a wall of defense. The first thing we saw was every day, spend some time with God in the morning. If you didn't hear that, please go back to the archive, look at it. It is really important teaching. Number two, every day, spend some amount of time feeding your spirit on other sources. Very important teaching. Number three, every day, spend some amount of time in quietness. I know that sounds very unimportant, but it's very important because when you're constantly living your life with no pause, you become spiritually dull, and when you become spiritually dull, often is when you become susceptible to attack. These points are very important, and they're all doable. I'm not telling you something that's theoretical. I do these things in my life every single day of my life. These are principles that I live by every day. I spend time with God in the morning. It doesn't have to be hours. It's just some amount of time. You're starting your day by looking up. Number two, every day in my life, I spend time feeding on other sources. I read the Bible, and I always read or feed on something else. Doesn't take long. It might just take minutes. This is something that you can do. Number three, every day spend some amount of time in quietness, a time of reflection where you can be in touch with what you feel, what you believe, what you desire. This helps you know how to pray. It helps you to remain spiritually alert and not susceptible to attack. Then number four, which is what we're going to see again today. Every day, spend some amount of time with those who strengthen you. You need people who speak into your life and who can bring you spiritual strength. As I told you in yesterday's program, there's a group of men that I have in my life. These men have become very precious to me. I talk to them every day. That does not mean that I make an appointment to talk to them every day. I send them a text. I leave them a message. I send them an email. We communicate back and forth with each other in this way. I may talk to them by telephone, but every day I'm in touch with every one of them, and they become a very vital part of my life. And if there's something wrong with me, they know it. They can sense it in my voice, or if I'm not contacting them, they'll want to know where am I, what's going on with Rick. This is a safeguard for me. These are my allied groups. They're standing with me against the assault of the devil in my life. You need someone like that in your life. You need good, solid friends that can stand with you. And if you don't have friends like that, if you don't have anyone to pray with you, then contact us. We'll pray with you. We'll begin by being your allied troops to stand with you against the work of the devil in any area of your life. 
But today, we're going to take the next point, the new point that you've not heard yet, which is point number five. Are you ready? Every day, this is so simple, every day, take time throughout your day to stop and acknowledge God. What do I mean by that? Well, listen to the scripture. In Psalm 119, 164, David wrote, Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. Well, David was surrounded with a lot of injustice. He had enemies on the outside. He had enemies in his own family. He had enemies in his palace. David was surrounded by a lot of injustice. And rather than be emotionally swamped by all the attacks, by all the things that could potentially happen to him, he said, you know, I have learned just to stop seven times a day and remember that God is righteous and God is just and God is in control. And David said, I strategically do this seven times a day. Well, when I first read that, I thought, you know, I'm going to do that. <coughs> so I tried to figure out a way to stop seven times a day just to stop and acknowledge God's control in my life. So I said, okay, I'll start at 8 a.m., then 10, then 12, then 2, then 4. I had a whole plan, and I was constantly trying to remember how to do it. Well, it's very hard to remember every time you're supposed to stop and acknowledge the presence of God. So my son said, Dad, let me help you. And he put a program on my telephone that is a chime, and it is a random chime, and it chimes throughout the day. And guess what? Every time it chimes, I pause whatever I'm doing. Doesn't matter where I am, if I'm in the car, if I'm in a meeting, does not matter. I just pause just momentarily to say, Jesus, you are Lord. I recognize your presence. You are here with me. You are just. You are in control. Do you know what it does? It helps me mentally fortify myself. So the thoughts of injustice, or the attacks of the enemy against my mind or against my emotions cannot penetrate because seven times a day or multiple times throughout my day, I'm reflecting on the fact that God is good and Jesus is Lord and everything's going to be fine. Jesus is righteous regardless of any injustice that's happening around me. It helps me. It helps me to build a wall of defense mentally to keep the devil out of my thoughts. David did this seven times a day. This is something that you can do. Just put a program on your phone that rings randomly and stop throughout your day to acknowledge the presence of God. In fact, this has become such a fixture in my life that now when my phone chimes, the people who are with me know what I do. So guess what they do? They join me. They throw their arms up and they say, Amen, Lord, we recognize your presence. It helps everyone to keep up a wall of defense and remember that Jesus really is Lord throughout your day remembering this. Then, point number six. Here's the sixth thing you need to do every day. Are you ready? Number six. This is a big one. This might be the hardest one. Every day say no to the things you are not supposed to do. You say, now why do I need to do that every day? Well, stay with me and you'll figure it out. Say no to the things you're not supposed to do. When you say yes to everything you hear, when you say yes to every possibility that is presented to you, to every request that is made to you, if you just say yes, 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 eventually it leads to confusion and strife because you cannot do it all. And if you say yes to everything, 
you will create a confusing situation in your schedule, in your finances, in your mind, in your emotions, and you throw open a door for the devil to come in and begin to attack you. Listen to what the Bible says in James chapter 3, verse 16. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Wow. That word confusion is the Greek word akatastasia. Listen to what it means. Confusion. Originally, it described thorn bushes or prickly plants. Thorn bushes or prickly plants. You wouldn't want to get caught in that. It depicted something that causes pain when someone becomes ensnared in it. It eventually describes situations filled with disorder and disturbance or trouble, disorder or disruption that results in upheaval of any sort or any type of instability or confusion, personal, organizational, governmental, or political. This word confusion, the Greek word, describes something that's prickly, something that is thorny, something that hurts, it ensnares you, it's filled with instability, trouble, confusion. You don't want this. That's what the word confusion means. And the Bible says there is confusion in every evil work. The word evil is the Greek word phallos, which literally means terribly bad, exceedingly vile, something worthless, foul, ugly, offensive, something that is in a miserable state or condition. When you get into confusion, it opens the door to every foul, ugly thing. And I guarantee you, if you're saying yes to everything that comes down the pike, you are going to get into confusion and you're probably going to get into strife. Strife with yourself, strife with others, strife with your schedule. You can't say yes to everything that is presented to you. You have to learn to say no. And when you say no to the things you're supposed to say no to, guess what? You are strengthening that wall of defense. You're bolstering yourself. You are reinforcing yourself. Now listen clearly. This is a fact. 85% of what you do, someone else can do. Can I say it again? 85% of what you do, someone else can do. 10% of what you do, someone else can be trained to do. 5% of what you do, only you can do. Let me go through those statistics again. 85% of what you do, the truth is, someone else can do. 10% of what you do, someone else can be trained to do. Of everything you do, 5%, 5% only you can do. So let me ask you, are you focusing on the 5% that is only what you can do, or are you consumed in the 85% and the 10%? 85% somebody else could do, 10% somebody else could be trained to do, or are you really focusing on the 5% that is your part, your real contribution? Many years ago, I used to do all staff meetings. I was involved in every decision in the ministry, and the ministry just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, but I felt guilty if I didn't attend every meeting. I felt guilty if I was not a part of every decision, I felt like I had to be everywhere, be in everything, every conversation, every decision, that that was truly a responsible leader. And then I had a health crisis. I couldn't keep up with a growing ministry. And I had to learn, guess what? 85% of what I was doing, I didn't need to do. Somebody else could do it. And really 10% of what I was doing, 
somebody else could be trained to do. The truth is about 5% of what I was doing was my contribution. That was really what I needed to focus on. So I rearranged my life, gave away the 85%, the 10% I trained someone else to do. And I began to focus on the 5% that really was my personal contribution. And when I begin to focus on the 5% and let other people do all the other things, they begin to succeed because suddenly they were no longer under my control. They could function without me having to be a part of everything. And I begin to succeed because I begin to flourish in the real gifts that God had given to me, which is about 5%. Now, what about people that are constantly bringing you ideas? Pastor Rick, I need money for this. Or maybe somebody's coming to you and they say, I need you to contribute to this. Or I need you to take this job. Or I need you to volunteer for this. You are not supposed to do everything. In the early years when we were in the Soviet Union, people were coming to me for financial contributions all the time. And because everyone around me was basically poor, I felt obligated to say yes to everything. People thought I had resources, even if I did not. So I said, yes, 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 I'll help. Yes, I'll help. How can I not say yes? And you know what happened? Exactly what I'm telling you. I got into confusion and I got into strife. I got into confusion because I had said yes to so many things I couldn't keep track of them. I got into strife with myself. I got into strife with our finances because it was just a mess. We didn't have enough money to pay for all the things I had said yes to out of guilt. And I had to learn that it's smart to say no to the things you're supposed to say no to. And if you say yes to everything, then you're robbing somebody else of a blessing because there was somebody else who was supposed to say yes when you said yes. And if you had said no, that other person would have shown up to say yes. And they would have stepped into their responsibility. You've robbed somebody else of what they were supposed to do by all the time saying yes to everything. You need to learn that it's wise to say no. And I've had to learn to say no to myself. I'm a fountain of ideas. I have a new idea every day. Every idea I have is not divine. <laughs> They're not all divine. Some of them are just ideas. I have unending ideas. Truly, I have a new idea every day. And I've had to learn to say, Rick, all of your ideas are not divinely inspired. And because I have men in my life, like I told you earlier, who speak to me, they hear my ideas. And they tell me when one is a God idea and when one is just my idea. And that helps me learn what to say yes to and what to say no to. Say no to the things you're supposed to say no to is very important for you. If you're going to put up a wall of defense, this will keep you from getting into confusion. It will stop you from getting into strife with yourself, with your schedule, with your finances. This will really protect you from a spiritual attack. Very practical. This is one of the hardest things to do. But every day, you need to learn that you need to say no to the things you're not supposed to say yes to. Can you do it? You're going to have to really work on this one. So, so far, what have we seen? Every day, spend time with God in the morning. Every day, spend time feeding your spirit on other sources. Every day, spend some amount of time in quietness. Every day, spend some amount of time with those who strengthen you. And every day, say no to the things you are not supposed to do. Now that's six. There's one more. 
one more which is vital for you to put up a wall of defense. And that is what we're going to be looking at tomorrow. Wow. I hope this teaching is encouraging for you. The Bible tells us very clearly, I'm going to read it to you again, an RIV of 1 Peter 5, 9, whom you must strategically oppose, resisting his potential assaults by putting up a pre-planned resistance. You must do all you can to bolster and reinforce yourself in faith. That's what we're talking about. I'll be back in just a moment. Do you feel like you're under attack in your relationships, your finances, your health? The Bible says the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give life and made life more abundant. You can have victory in your relationships, your finances, and your health by learning how to keep the devil out of your life. In Rick's 10-part teaching series, How to Keep the Devil Out of Your Life, you'll learn that our lives are under constant assault by the enemy, and he is always looking for a way in. But you can have victory over the devil by learning how to build a spiritual wall of defense around you and those you love. Available in physical and digital formats, starting at just $20. You'll learn how to guard against the attacks of the enemy and fight back when you choose to believe God and commit to His Word. In addition to the teaching series, you can also get Spiritual Weapons to Defeat the Enemy. This book gives you a fresh understanding of the armor of God, the spiritual weapons of war, and how you can defeat every lie of the devil and live in victory every day. Available for just $10, this powerful resource will give you the tools you need to go on offense against the enemy. Don't miss this special offer, How to Keep the Devil Out of Your Life, and or the companion book, Spiritual Weapons to Defeat the Enemy. Call now or go to renner.org to order. One thing is for sure, the devil wants to find a way to get into your life. I don't want you to be afraid of the devil. That's not what this series is about. But there really is an enemy called the devil. Peter calls him, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, an adversary, the Greek word antidikos, which describes a prosecuting attorney. The devil operates like a prosecutor. He's looking for some area where you have violated a law, where you've broken a principle, just like a lawbreaker who breaks a law. And as a prosecutor, he says, there it is. That's my entrance into their life. And he uses that loophole to wiggle his way into your personal affairs, in your finances, your health, your relationships, doesn't matter, any area of your life. And once he gets inside, Peter says he will begin the process of devouring. We saw in John 10.10 10, that when he gets inside, he'll begin to steal, he'll begin to kill, he'll begin to destroy. The devil's purpose is to clean you out and leave you flat broke in every area of your life. But it doesn't have to happen. You can keep him out. That's why I'm offering you this series called How to Keep the Devil Out of Your Life, a 10-part series with a wonderful study guide with Greek words and principles and definitions. It will really be good for you or your study group. And with it, we're offering my book called Spiritual Weapons to Defeat the Enemy. But let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for the mind of God. I thank you for the mind of Christ that operates in every one of us. We thank you for a common sense approach, doing practical things in our lives to construct a wall so strong the devil can never get in, even if he tries to attack. In Jesus' name. Remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, 
where the word of a king is, there is power. So let God's word work in your life today, and I'll see you in the next program. Rick Renner Ministries is proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ through every available media to the uttermost parts of the earth. Discover the many ways you can help us make a difference in lives around the world with the Word of God. We invite you to partner with us in teaching, strengthening, and rescuing lives for the glory of God. Together, we can make a difference that will last throughout eternity.